Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! Welcome back to the Final Whistle. As you know, my name's Dale. Sitting in the backyard here with Fifey, singing some beers. About to drop our new podcast. How are we, mate? What's been happening? Not much, mate. Just cracking Ted's on a daily basis. You know, COVID-19. Uh, having some restricted duties if we still have jobs or, you know, no jobs at all. Um, you know, just getting by, taking the boy down to uh, to to the local park on, on a weekly basis. Just getting him back into the swing of things, kicking balls and, um, you know, field goals and that and, and goals. And, yeah, now today was pretty good, mate. Went down there and uh, Bizzer and Jerome were there, so... They were doing their thing and they came over after they finished, spent a couple of minutes with the boys and um, you know, wished them wished them well for the season ahead and then off they off they went. So it was something something different for the boys that are you know, they've recently jacked that have been training the last couple of weeks, one day a week. Yeah, as you said, only a couple of minutes, but those two young fellas will take um, anything out of that what they got, a bit of feedback, a bit of um corrective's criticism and just about how to improve their game so uh, they'll take those two young fellas will take that on board and hopefully they put that into play this year. Well, I hope so, Dean, you know, and they're, they're my halfback and my hooker of my club, of my, my team that I coach at Minjibury and you know they are, the boys are very talented as they, you know, in, in their own right but any any outside information that comes from their dads they, they seem to lap up <coughs> like it's uh, white gold, you know, a bit of, uh, bit of toilet paper gold and yeah we'll um, well, just, uh, yeah, you know, they enjoyed it. Uh, what have you been up to, bud? Uh, just, I'm still working, yeah, Monday to Friday, and just, just trying to find things to do on the weekend. Like, there's only a certain amount of times you can mow your lawn, isn't it? Uh, just trying to just to do a lot of few things around the house that don't normally would get done because of obviously sport commitments and work and all the other stuff you'd normally do in normal day-to-day life until COVID-19 kicked in. Tell me about it, mate. Look at the, look at the floor in the garage here, mate. We can almost eat off it. I've been cleaning it on a daily basis. There's not much more I can do to it. Um, I'll just polish it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've just been, you know, writing down, writing down some things that I need to do and just ticking them off slowly but surely. But uh, back to the podcast. So before we jump into it, um, for all you guys that are listening and checking out our, our socials over the last uh, couple of days, it's been um, been going off the rocker. We've got the, our Junior League battle. I'll let Fife talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so battle of the Junior League, mate. I uh, <coughs> wanted to see you know, who, was, who was the most recognisable or liked um, Junior League club. It's just a, it's just, just a, you know, a bit of a battle. Fun banter. Yeah, Matt, fun banter. You know, and and you know, it's, it's shown as well. You know, St. Clair absolutely... Gave Guildford Owls a, a touch up in night one, and so far we're currently in the night two. We've got what is it, three hours left to go until it's finished, and uh, it's neck and neck between Cambridge Park and, and Frankston Raiders from Victoria. Because we've got uh, three state of origin battles coming up in these next 16 days. Uh, we've got, you know, we, we searched far and wide, and we've got, a lot of mentions. We've got South Australia, we've got Western Australia, we've got ACT, we've got a Northern Territory site, and Tasmania. So you know the game's widespread there, and and uh, although it's only a short battle just to get us through COVID, um, you know match free tomorrow. So match free tonight will be in your planes and the entrance tigers, uh, and then I think we go tomorrow outside of Penrith, and we'll have Bright Eastwood up against uh, Bright Eastwood's up against. Oh, I can't remember who they're up against. Oh, Wagga Wagga Kang Kangaroo. So you know a, a city versus country battle there. Uh, there's a lot of teams that missed out. Um, I think we had 15 teams that we, we had to knock back this morning. But uh, it's going to be bigger and better in the off season. We're going to do it again. We're going to we're going to have district and, and group battles to to find out teams that will then go on and represent that district uh, in in the off season battle. And the major prize for that though is. Us three knuckleheads come out and do a live podcast at, at their training ground. At their training ground or their first trial match, yes. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's something that we've wanted to do. We want to get out there. So I'm hoping that, mate, I'm hoping that we end up on a road trip. We're going to head out west or head down south, up north, interstate. Catch a plane? 
Yeah, oh, mate, catch a plane. It, it, it'd be it'd be an absolutely crazy time if we were to catch a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the missus missus would keep be keeping tabs on both of us if we were if we were to uh, fly on a plane together to to go to a. Um, a live podcast uh, uh, in the state, but that's what's up for grabs. We have so that that's in the off season. Um, at the moment, we'll continue to run this one. We'll hopefully now, obviously, businesses are really tough at the moment, but we'll hope to try and have some kind of um, prize for the for the winning club. But yeah, off season, you know, after after the um, the amount of reach we've had in the last two nights. This, this will be back bigger and better in the off-season. And um, continue to like um, or, or, or love whichever team does pop up. And I believe we have a, uh, a, a massive finale for, the, for the, the 16th match, which we won't announce yet, but it's going to be huge. It's between two of the biggest teams or clubs in the Penrith District, though, mate. So looking forward to, to some of the battles ahead. Yeah, that's it. I actually got my, I actually got a hold of um, NRL pod, NRL cards. So I got the whole twenty twenty set. So that's another competition we're running for our for our junior league kids out there. So uh, we're going to get them all signed, put them in a, in some nice protective um, cases, and then um, we, we don't know what the what the com- what the competition will look like or how it will run. But at least we've got some prizes there for for the young fellas who support. Um, who support different teams and, and their players. And also our next podcast, we'll start our uh, Junior League player profiles. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll start off with with my boy Jack, because you know, we, can, we can pilot and, with him and, and that. So um, be, be sure to tune in to our next podcast as well as you know, finishing off listening to this one. You know, we're, we're, we're starting to push uh, towards you know, a more Junior League-based um, uh, content. Just, just because you know, junior league needs it. Um, everyone needs it at the moment, but you know, junior league more so. And we are fast becoming the voice of the JRL, mate. That's it. Just two, just two um, subjects today. We'll talk about the, the New South Wales Rugby League COVID nineteen update, and then we'll finish a podcast with the nineteen ninety seven uh, grand final chat. Uh, I'll be happy about that. Yeah, of course you will, mate. Being a Newcastle fan. Awesome. So, did you want to jump? We'll jump straight into it, into the COVID nineteen announcement. So, as you know, last month it was decided by the New South Wales Rugby League in partnership with the NRL and the state government bodies to postpone Community Rugby League and other rugby league competition activities in Australia and to at least the first weekend of May. The decision was informed by advice provided by government and health organisations view, with a view to stop the spread of COVID-19 virus. Since this decision was made, New South Wales Rugby League has continued to review the advice provided by the state government and health organisations where COVID-19 updates are provided most all frequently. Guided by this, the latest advice, the Board of New South Wales Rugby League today, 22nd of April 2020, established a plan for a restart of rugby league activities from July 2020 to concede with the common side. To concede with the common side return uh, from uh, and also with other winter sports across the state um, of term three in the school year. The decision to kick off a shortened community rugby league season and to restart other senior competitions will further review and be confirmed by the 1st of June 2020 subject to the approval of government and advice by health professionals. The decision took into consideration the New South Wales public coronavirus 19 restrictions and other governing bodies. Order 2020 which is currently preventing sports from being conducted and expires at midnight 29th of June 2020 unless further extended. Accordingly, the earliest possible return date is 30th of June 2020 unless the New South Wales government decides to lift the public health order earlier. In line with most of the New South Wales winter sports, the the New South Wales Rugby League Board has agreed to a competition restart date of 18th of July. That's it guys, 18th of July. Cross that, circle that in all of your calendars and diaries. Uh, that looks like the, the key date which we all need. Considering with the end of the next school holidays period and start of term three while allowing a return to training date on the 1st of July. 
This is subject to the status of the health professionals, of course. It applies in the following in an abbreviation form, yet to be finalised. Community football to commence the 2020 season was originally due to commence 4th of April when it was postponed in March. All clubs and leagues are encouraged to continue to take restrictions beyond registration, uh, registration sorry, beyond the traditional 30 June registration cutoff date. Um, so, what do you take about all that, mate? Uh, yeah, it's look, it's a positive that it's coming back. Um, I would have thought a mid-June might have been the actual return date. However, you know, they've got to comply with the current um, restrictions on gathering and movement, which at the moment permits two people, indoors, outdoors, other than family. Uh, however, as we've always been saying, it's a fluid um, it's a fluid situation, it's always changing, and that doesn't mean that in three, four weeks' time, you know, there's no new cases in New South Wales for a period of one or two weeks like there has been in the Northern Territory for the last two and a half weeks. Uh, look, if we get down to, if we get down to under three new cases a day nationwide, well, Scott Morrison will then drop that, that gathering movement or restriction that we are currently having to stage three, he'll drop that down back down to a stage two. Once once that's dropped back down to a stage two, that gives us 500 um, of a gathering outside. So, you know, once that happens, well then, you know, as I said, they're going to redefine it on the, or re review it and reconfirm on the 1st of June, which is five weeks away from today. And again, it could, it could change it could change positively and we could be back you know mid-June or it could change negatively and we could lose our season altogether um, <clears throat> look it all depends on how the return to the school goes and you know at the moment where you know schools in New South Wales are returning on the 11th of May for one day a week uh, you know and then homeschooling for the other four days and then they're going to start picking up the pace week in week out week, yeah on, on a week, week basis just uh, I think they're hoping that by sending them one day a week if there is a spike it's easy to stop and that's from the government look if we're back to school five days a week by the end of May and the cases are down lower I would like to see footy back by mid-June. As we posted up earlier today, you know, New South Wales Rugby Union, football, New South Wales and AFL, New South Wales ACT have a return date of 31st of May or 1st of June to training um, and netball up until the 15th of April had a return date of the 29th of May. On the 15th of April, well, New South Wales extended their break to, I believe, the 27th of July. Uh, you know, Matt Brady put out an email to all the league clubs and associations last week, and the big pinpoint was a desire from the New South Wales government to have a single start date for all junior sports, so no one junior sport starts earlier than the others. That's what's going to be the biggest thing here, is if, you know, we come to the 1st of June and we want to, you know, New South Wales, I believe, want to come back and go, alright, we want to we want to come back mid-June, but then, you know, you've got to consult with AFL, uh, rugby union, football, soccer and netball as well, so that no one competition or code gets the jump on the other. Um, you know, look, they're also looking at bringing back Ron Massey, Sydney Shield and Harvey Norman on the 18th of July. We've training to happen on the 1st of July and they're working on an abbreviated season and the details around that fixture will continue to be work. Uh, you know, look, it's, it's a tough one there. 
the Ron Massey is real tough because I don't see our borders for overseas being reopened until December. So Fiji will miss this season now. So Fiji will now have to focus on 2021 return. You know, so that one there, that's a tough one that, you know, Dave Trodden's got to sit around and, and, and have a look at. You know, <coughs> moving on, uh, I was discussing this with, um, you know, certain people overnight about funds, you know, fees. You know, Penrith released their, their amended season for May, June, July, and already they're, they're complaining or complaining and discussing about, uh, oh, you know, how, 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 can the, how can the Junior League think they can come back when all these stuff is in, in place? Well, the Junior League wasn't planning on coming back. The Junior League is putting out contingency plans so that its players, coaches, managers, trainers and volunteers all know where Penrith are sitting at. So if Junior League comes back 1st of June, what will it look like? 1st of June. Well, we'll not come back to the 1st of July at the moment. Um, so at the moment, 1st so of June... So if we come back in June, what does the competition look like? If we, if we are, if first of June comes around, and the New South Wales government and the and the New South Wales rugby league, along with all the other sports, say, yep, all right, we'll come back on the thirteenth of June. All right, training will start the thirteenth of June. Competition will start on the twenty-sixth, two weeks after. And it gives you a ten-week comp. Yeah, it gives you about that. Um, at at this stage now, you know Penrith Junior Rugby League released theirs the other day, saying that they're going to come back on the eleventh of June. However. Now we come back on the 1st of June and New South Wales Rugby League has said the 18th of July. We lose a round there. Um, look, I'll get on the, I'll get on the blower to, to Nathan uh, later on tonight and try to see how long the competition's going to be. But it might be a case of where we are, might have to play two games over a weekend. You know, play a game on a Saturday, round one, and play round two on a... On a um, around two on a on a Sunday, or play round one on a Saturday, and then have certain age groups play round two on a Tuesday, certain age groups play round three on a Wednesday, just to fit ten ten games in. Look, I'm I'm all I'm all for that, and no matter what Nathan decides to do in terms of out here in Penrith, because as most people know, we are Penrith based. Whatever he chooses to do, I'm going to back him 100%. He's been working the last five weeks to get this draw out and to still do stuff for the Junior League off the back of his own own, own self after being stood down for work unpaid. So he's doing all this on a volunteer basis, as will other other most other um, districts be doing that on a volunteer. So you know these, these general leagues, and look, this year I do not want to see anyone criticise, ridicule, abuse any junior district or region because there's this unprecedented times. We've never seen this and most likely probably will never see something like this again in our lifetime. So, you know, the people have to stop um, stop you know, abusing people and just take it, you know, take it as a as a day by day. I think if we look at the positives that come out of COVID situation is to take every day as a blessing because one you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring you you know you, you look at us Dale five weeks ago mate we were organizing a, an indoor odds tag competition just to buck the trend of having no no training you know and now here we are you know talking going all right shit it was a bit a bit bigger than what we had initially planned but that was the Aussie, the Aussie, um, Aussie way. Oh, yeah, she'll be right, mate. We'll get around it. Well, she's still going to be right, and we'll still get around it. But it's time now for all the doom and gloomers to stop doing and glooming and actually start working towards a positive thing two, three months down the track. Um, Refunds and yeah, um, kids' so, active voucher, mate. How's that going to work? Yeah, so look, if we, if, we, if we get ahead this year, right? If we get ahead this year... The, the money will go. Um, the money will go from the refund for this year. If this year doesn't get off the ground, if, if there's another spike during June and, and July, which some people reckon will happen, um, and we don't get any football in, these active kid vouchers will most likely be rolled over to next year, which then means that some clubs across New South Wales, 
Queensland. Oh, we, of course, we said last, I don't think Queensland have an active kids voucher, as, as far as I'm aware. But a lot of junior league clubs across New South Wales that aren't financially strong will face extinction. You know, um, so I'm I'm hoping and I'm praying that we do get off the ground this year because I don't want to see long-time clubs that have been around have to fold because they don't have the financial because they're that banking on this. You know, you look at it. Some clubs have 400 participants, right? For each of those 400 players. It's a hundred dollar voucher for each of them. That you know, some people haven't bothered to put their regos up, or they put them to sixty bucks on top of the hundred to make it cheaper for the families. But if we don't play this year, that gets rolled over to next year. No, that money. And then that money from this year is no longer there, and then they don't have money for for ground costs, for affiliation fees, for merchandise, jerseys, uh, you know, all that stuff is going down the gurgler. You know, it's it's um, it's crazy. Like I was speaking to a to another fellow yesterday, and he goes to me, Fifey, I don't know, I, 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 mate, I've got money in my bank. He 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 tip that he spent on average on a week at a football at football fields or his football team buying drinks and whatnot, five hundred dollars. He's got money in the bank because that money's not being spent at the moment. He was, he, he was, he, he had mind blown that he, he spent that much money on, on junior league per week. But now there being no junior league, he's got that money saved. So you know, like it, it, it just shows that a lot of money is thrown into these these junior league canteens, and at the moment there's nothing coming in. Yeah, well, it's, today's a positive. We we'll take, like I said, you always want to talk about the positive. Um, let's let's hope that all at, at the way the rate's going at the moment, um, and having less cases day by day, um, Australia wide. I feel we might get off in June, but if worst comes to worst, I just want to see the kids out there playing in July anyway. Yeah, exactly right. You know, and I'm I'm happy. I'm positive. I've always been positive. Knowing that the NRL and um, and the New South Wales Rugby League have been at the forefront with their members and their fans, letting them know this is what we're looking at doing, this is what we're hoping on on on, on achieving. And now, you know, we, we had a date to work towards, but as 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 time grew near, we we kind of figured that May the first was going to be very unconventional. Uh, and very hard to, to, to meet to. So now that it's the 18th of July to return to football, with the 1st of July being training, um, it's, it's, it's looking more and more, um, you know, greener pastures on the other side of this. And as, we, as we've discussed in the last 20 minutes, mate, if, if the rates go down and down and down before the review date, which is five weeks away, which also coincides the five weeks back to the NRL comes back. I can't wait for that. Um, so you know, come come the review date on the first of June. Rates are rates are at an all time low. New South Wales government is happy. Kids are back at school five five days a week. Training will start in in June, and then we'll start competition in June. But at this current time, mate, eighteenth of July. Just on that before we go to the next one. What's your thoughts on Toddy Greenberg getting, uh, well, I reckon get the tap on the shoulder, standing down? Yeah, um, you know, it's a hard one because a, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's going to turn into a three segment now. You know me, mate. I roll with my own, my own cards. Yeah, <laughs> I... This whole, obviously, this whole situation hasn't been ideal for anyone with this COVID nineteen or coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I feel things happen for a reason, and it's probably a blessing in disguise to see. There's going to be more sh- shit that comes out. Oh, for um, sure. But I feel it's a blessing in disguise in regards to 
let's put the game in someone else's hands that's going to move the game forward. Um, do you, I'll put this to you, do you believe Gus when he says he doesn't, he doesn't want the gig? I think he's holding his cards close to his chest. I feel, I f my personal opinion is that Gus will be, Gus will end up taking over Greenberg in the long run. But I feel that contingency plans and support networks will be there to to help um, Vlandis mm. get this get through this pandemic. And once we get through this pandemic, those cards will come. Those those four aces will be thrown across the table, and Gus will be Gus will be CEO <laughs> after Grand Final 2020. Yeah. So Andrew Abdo is in there at the moment, and he will probably see see it see, through see through COVID and, and the end of this season. Oh, um, look, you know, it all, the catalyst for this to move pretty quickly was when <clears throat> Channel 9 came out and said that in recent times, the, the mismanagement of funds by the NRL was absolutely, uh, uh, you know, enormous to the point where in the last TV deal, they propped up the NRL. Now, where's that money? You know, reports came or surfaced that there's a $1.6 million hole. I reckon it's bigger than a $1.6 million hole. You, you know, you're not telling me, like, Peter Lannis is out there going, we need a boost from the federal government. And, you know, you're not, you're not telling me that if, if they had that extra $1.6 million that's meant to be missing, that they'd be, they'd be safe. There is drastic issues at top level. To the point where junior level ain't getting diddly squat. Um, I'm, mm. I'm happy that ESPN wants wants in the next TV deal. Channel Seven have put their hands up to, to come in. You know, Channel Ten used to have it at one stage. <coughs> Look, AFL run Foxtel. They had their game on Foxtel, but they also have it between seven and ten. I think it's time for a free to air to be over two channels. Have your game, have certain games, you know, on, on Channel 9 on their certain days that they want. Then all the other games give it to free to wear. That way, you know, free to wear will have what, six to maybe seven games. You give them six games a week, right? So that, so that Fox Dog will still have that exclusive, we've got all eight games. You know, then obviously ESPN can come in and, and be the overseas broadcaster to America, to England, to wherever else ESPN go. The game could possibly be in a, in a real good spot in a year or two time when the next TV deal comes. Get, I know we've got ESPN over here, but leave it on Fox over here in Australia. ESPN, alright guys, you've got yourselves all the overseas. You beam it into America, live as we have it over here live, so it'll be day, day over there like while we get the NFL over here. Beam it into, into England, you know? Channel 9 take their free games or whatever, two games, whatever they want to have, you know? ABC, 7, 10. Whoever. Come in and say, yeah, alright, we'll take another free games. You know what I mean? It, it, it can only be a positive coming out of here if you're a smart man. As for Todd Greenberg, I think his time was up once Channel 9 came out. As for Gus Gould, like I've said before, you now a lot of people bash his five-year plan at Penrith. However, that five-year plan is going to be one of the bubbles for when the NRL returns. You know, they're going to play out of Homebush, train train out of Homebush with the New South Wales Centre of Excellence, and the and the um, the athletics track and the hockey field where there's fields to be trained on. Penrith's another one. They've got three gyms up there. They've got four fields, if you include the two academy, the training paddock and the, the playing paddock. They've got media rooms. They've got Evans Theatre, which is going to be exclusively to the NRL because the club's still closed. They've got the hotel up there. Pool. They've got every, uh, They've got cables for the pool. But everyone bashes Gus Gill for his five-year plan because they thought the five-year plan included a premiership. Ideally, it would have been nice to have a premiership in that five years. But he built the academy, brought Pan Panthers group back into the black, and pushed more local juniors into the first grade top 30 squad. If it's not Gus, who is it? 
Whew, that's a tough question, mate. You know, Shane Richardson's name's been dropped around. Uh, you've got the current CEO of, of Souths. His name's been dropped in. Corey, Corey Patterson. Our mate Josh Starling has gone left the field, but a smart one with Jeff Tuvey. He's a, he's a qualified accountant, been around the game. He's an astute student of the game. Won a premiership with mate, he, club and coach, knows, I think. He knows what the working class men want in the game. But he's also an accountant. That's the thing. Businessman. He's a smart man. It's just about, well, we've just got to put the right person in. We've just got to put the right person in the right job. That's the end All of right, the day. So top three: Gus Gill, Jeff Tuvey, Dave Trotton. Dave Trotton. Yeah, 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 man. He's he's got good credentials. I don't think Shane Richardson stuck in his ways. Um, didn't do much. Uh, didn't do much at South Sydney. So so Gus Gill. Jeff Tuvey. I don't even reckon Tuvey. Maybe Tuvey will be in there in, in, in a... Mate, there's got to be an investigation into this. He can use that. That can be his line. And he could be in there in around in the administration bit, but I don't see I don't see him in that. I feel it's Gus. Maybe Nathan Tinkler. <laughs> Tinky boy. No, no Tinky boy, mate. No. Nah, boy. top three would be Gus Trotton. And I reckon, I reckon if Valandis wants it, you bring him across and then you bring someone else into the ARLC. Yeah, but the ARLC controls the whole lot. Not just yeah. the ARLC. Keep him at... Gallop? Gallop returns. Gallop returns? Uh, Probably know. not. I don't know. He did good for soccer, man. I don't know. Yeah, is he still at Football Federation? Or is he nah, he's gone. He could come back. Wayne Pierce? That's another one. Just need a footy, footy mind, a footy head. But also someone that knows the business model. Yeah. The business model and 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 money wise, that's the biggest thing. What do you reckon? You reckon there'll be million dollar players after uh, on the other side of COVID nineteen? Probably not. For a while. For a while, nah. So Jason Tamalalo and David Daly Cherry Evans are, uh, are basically the last million dollar men. At the moment, you'd say so, but it all depends on that next TV deal. All depends on. Yeah, on, on sponsors and yeah. third parties and. And whatnot. Well, good. Time's All right, mate. Let's time. get in, let's get into this. This is what you've been waiting for. No, I, I thought we were gonna have a break, but anyways, we'll just... ah, mate, let's just smash it straight out. Oh, why have a break for? Good. Oh, I thought you wanted to have another, have another, have a pierce, have another beer. Nah, what's the lineups, mate? Nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, right, mate. I'll run through Manly. I'll let you run through your, your baby team, Newcastle. So, uh, Manly, mate. Uh, fullback was Shannon Evan. On the wings, you had Danny Moore and John Hopewardy. In the centres, you had Craig Inns and uh, good old Terry Hill. Your halves saw Jeff Tuvey and Craig Field. Your props were David Gillespie and Mark Spud Carroll. Your hooker was Anthony Akalila. Uh, your second row was uh, Beaver Menzies, Daniel Gartner, and your lock, Nick Kosev. On the bench, good old Cliffy Lyons there as a magic utility. Neil Teeny, Scott Fulton, Andrew Hunter, and coached by... Bob Fulton. Over to Newcastle, mate. Fullback Robbie O'Davis on the wing, Darren Albert and Mark Hughes. In the centres, Adam McDougall and Owen Craigie. In the halves, we had the Jones brothers. Uh, up front, we had Tony Butterfield and uh, Chief. In hooker, we had Billy Peden. In the second row, back row, we had Wayne Richards, Adam Muir, and then to lock was Mark Glenville. <laughs> Sorry there, that was just a bit of a shadow. On the bench, we had Troy Fletcher, Scott Queeney, Luke, uh, Lee Jackson, and Steve Crow. And the coach was Malcolm Mal Riley. So, what I remember from before we jump into what I remember for this match, I actually moved house this day, and this was the same day that Lady Di died as well. Lady Di died when Newcastle won the comp in 97, and mm. I moved house. So, it was all about, my dad was all about, let's get up early. Let's move. We move ten houses away by you, by you. So carrying, <laughs> carrying shit down the road. Um, they get it all in. Let's get it all going. Well, you carrying all that stuff. You only would have only been nine, mate. Yeah, I was only a little whip, whip a snapper. So just taking all the taking all. Oh, depending on what head. <laughs> um, yeah, just pack, just obviously just doing what we can and. So I think it was a three o'clock kickoff. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yes, no, yeah, it was all the um, the first kind of night time kickoff was a 2001 grand final. We couldn't get the TV working at the time moving and stuff, so we had the radio on, and eventually the TV got 
Um, was got going, but we'll um, we'll get into it. Yeah, so, I was up, so was what it, about man? you? Manly Knights. We're over at um, we're over at a at a, at, at a friend's house because obviously at the time, you know, my, my parents were heavily involved in the Rudy Hill Dragons, so we were over we we're over there. I'm pretty sure, from memory, we had even just been. Yeah, yeah. The way it used to work was <coughs> the junior league had the grand final for Sunday sides the weekend before, <coughs> so we had just ninety-seven. Yeah, I think Rudy Hill might have made the grand final. I think we might have lost to Doonside. I think I can't. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Don't quote me. Uh, so we're all over. We're all over there. All, all the uh, all the all the fathers were still absolutely hungover from the big ass. Um, Mad Monday they had, which kind of drift, uh, dragged on for three or four days. So um, yeah, so we 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 um, we we done that. We were over at a, at, a, at the president's house at the time. We were just watching there. He was a Mad Manly fan. Um, yeah, so we we done we, we did that, and the kids were all out the back watching it on the big screen underneath the um, the the um, gazebo or the patio out the back there. So it was it was a you know, good time. Uh, sausages on the barbecue and whatnot. There's about 30 people there, so it was a real big party, party atmosphere. All good. So obviously this is the night. The nights obviously it was their first grand final. Of all you know, the Castrons out there. Um, it was it was a great day. So you ended in 1988, but you did have a year back in 1908 or 19 uh, 1908, 1910, way back when Newcastle was in there. But then they went away and they come back in '88. So yeah, first grand final. Um, the hopes of you know like a whole region were on these 17 boys' shoulders. Well, they were. Man, they were the red hot favourites too. They won '96, mm. lost '95, won '96, and then they were red hot favourites as well '97. So they they, they ended up mirroring what the Roosters did in '02, '03, '04. One one lost two. Yes, and same as. I was gonna say, and same as Melbourne as same well. Same as Melbourne in, in recent years. Yeah. yeah. Right, let's get into the first half, though. You do the first half, and I'll do the second half. Right? <laughs> uh, so obviously, uh, the long-running duel between Spud Carroll and Harrigan erupted once again in the second minute when Carroll reacted to a Harrigan uh, cheap shot uh, Jeff Tuvey. Newcastle applied pressure early when they gained possession inside Manly's 20 metre, and shortly after that. Andrew Jones took a penalty attempt um, and led to Neil at the time. But Manly's defence and luck stood firm. I oh, know we didn't lead 2 0. He must no, have missed. Lost it. Yeah, he must have missed that one, sorry. Uh, stood, stood turn and um, to score, it was, was it nil all? Yeah. Uh, then Manly scored the first try with the hook, with the hooker, uh, the hooker going. He won, won the scrum against the feed. John Hapawadi exploited a weak defence and the Newcastle's right side and it got over in the 13th minute. Uh, and then Jeff... No, Jeff... No, no, Nevin... Nevin... Um, Nevin's... Oh, yeah. Sideline conversion. Uh, side conversion of 6-0. And then, obviously, two of your steam rolled and he left the field concussed and then Cleffy Lyons come on. And then John's went within inches of scoring with Newcastle in the 24th minute when he's... Blindside break on the last tackle was stopped by a desperate defence by John Hopwadi. Manly responded with a thrilling try in the 25th minute. The movement started 55 metres out. Hopwadi making the initial st- breakdown the left-hand side with lines backing up to enable Craig Innes to crash over for, for Manly and for them to lead 10 0 Newcastle's first points come through and Andrew John's Second field goal, which was successful, in the uh, penalty goal, which was successful in the 34th minute, and their first ever grand final try after a clever kick from Matty Johns was taken by Hopwadi after was bundled into touch. From the scrum win, Robbie Davis outside Terry Hill to score, Andrews converted, brought Newcastle within two points. Manly hit back in the 38th minute just before the break was a magic work from Lyons he sweeped onto the ball which had been dropped by Harrigan and, and spud around the f- and and then to find Shannon Irving on the inside the Newcastle forwards couldn't get across to cover the overlap and Nevin and converted his own try and led 16-8 at half time so it was a very entertaining first half 
Uh, I, I love watching Chief Harrigan and, and Spud Carroll go at each other. And I still rate the Cliffy Lions as one of the uh, best 5'8s that I've I've seen him play. Like, you know, he, he just kept going. Um, you know, it's it's the ticker, in, and I'm not being disrespectful here, but it's the ticker in the Aboriginal people. They they just keep going. They keep going and going and going and going. And some of the greatest rugby league players who have ever played the game are, are, are that of Aboriginal um, descent. And yeah, Cliffy's another one of them who easily would make a a all-time Indigenous side on the bench somewhere, or even at five eight, if Thurston would play halfback. He he's a, a a great player who, for most of his career, still had a bunger before match, a bunger at halftime. You know, it was just the old old days of having having a cigarette. You know, before you went out and played. Right, mate, we'll move into the uh, second half here. And <coughs> uh, early in the second half, there was more concern for Jeff Tuvey. He just got steamrolled in this match. After he was stomped on by um, Adam McDougall, Mad Dog, Manly then almost put Newcastle away in the 51st minute when Stephen Menzies powered through close to the line, only to be stopped by Troy Fletcher scrambling well to, to effect a try and Matt saving tackle for the Knights. Andrew Johns booted a penalty goal in the 57th minute to claw Newcastle back to within a converted try. 61st minute, Adam Mueller dropped a pass from Andrew Johns a metre from Manly's line. But it was a sign that the Knights were back in the game and were steamrolling through to their maiden victory. Manly, on the other hand, they became, began to play conservatively to their own ultimate cost. They received the penalty after another Hurricane High Tackle and elected to kick a goal 32 metres out in a swelling breeze. Nevin missed and Darren Abbott returned the kick with a 40 metre return. Manly applied pressure for the next 10 minutes and came away empty-handed. Kalela and, and then uh, and Nick Costa both dropped balls inside Newcastle's 30 metres uh, whilst trying to offload a 69th minute last tackle Ray 10 metres out by Manly also fell short when a field goal might have sealed the game. Having withstood the pressure, Newcastle then lifted. Following a long break by Fletcher, Andrew Jones received the ball from his brother. He stood in the tackle, handed it to Billy Davis, who spun and planted the ball on the line. John's conversion leveled the score 16 0 with five minutes to, uh, remaining on the clock. Your old typical grandstanding finish. The match is ultimately best remembered for this classic grandstand finish. And Darren Albert's try broke the 16 0 deadlock seven seconds before time. The effervescent Andrew Johns unexpectedly went down a narrow blind side, which he loved. He loved going down that blind side. He went down there, I think, three or four times through this game as well. Uh, before slipping up past to Darren Albert, who came under him and ran to score, prompting scenes of euphoria from Knights fans both at the game and back in Newcastle. And they had won their inaugural title. Ray, Ray Rowan pro proclaiming that Newcastle has won the grand final. Mate, afterwards, how was it? You know, you're obviously a Newcastle fan, you've got family that live up in Newcastle. What does, what was the scenes like? Ah, uh, yeah, it was it was obviously awesome up there. I've, I've got lots of family in Newcastle. Majority of them don't go from Newcastle, mind you. They're all born in Sydney and just gra and just gradually graduated back up there to the country life. Uh, I was only a young fella, so it was just yeah, just going at the back row on the footy, trying to tell my brother to run. Of me trying to be Joey, tell my brother to run through and flick and then do that pass to to him what Albert did and, and to score sort of thing. So. Yeah, I don't really remember much. 2001 was probably better for me if we'd been a Knights fan. Um, but it just that was just that was just footy life, uh, you know. At the Williams house, always must the footy. The footy's on. Everyone's quiet, and and just going out. I think we had our neighbours over, um, and they were just everyone was just stoked. And it was a Newcastle one. I know my next door neighbour's brother, who's a huge Manly fan, he'll be listening. Uh, he just still doesn't know how they lost this match, uh, but a lot, like I said, it's a grand final. So there's, obviously, there's always going to someone's always going to be the the winner. Someone's always going to be a loser. But they always have a favourite and all that stuff. There's no favourites um, when it comes to a grand final. You're there for a reason. You played good footy. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You know, it was a good. Um, 
Well, that 100% there, if that's Trev counting there, it might have been the first 100% that we've had and done for the game. <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, I hope Trev's doing well as well. But yeah, you know, it's um, it was a it was a turning of the guard, wasn't it? Obviously, with Super League War. You know, this was the year where we done do it. There was two great finals of rugby league. Um, you know, um, so. You know, it, it was, um, yeah, it was real different. Super League only lasted a year. Should we have had a um, Knights versus Broncos? Yeah, well, um, in like, a, in like a, a Champions of Champions or like a Super Bowl type thing, like yeah, Super yeah, League versus nah, ARL? Because, nah, because like Super League with Robert Murdoch was just stupid. It should never Um Interesting fact, but that Newcastle side, 70% of that side... Newcastle Juniors. Yeah. Yeah, no, you go through it. You go, well, you go, you go. You obviously got the Johns Boys, Harrigan. Um, McDougal. McDougal was a. Hughes. Like, Owen Craigie. Don't think he was. No, I think he came down from the, from, the, from the bush up top. You know, um, Hughes, yeah. Uh, Most Hullfield, of them, yeah. You know, Richard, you on that. you got to remember that, you know, you had Hunter Mariners as well, so they had some of the juniors as well so there's a lot of the football up there in Newcastle Shannon, Shannon Nevin and um, and who else uh, Nick Kosseff we got just got them on social so we're trying we're going to try and get them on, on the podcast once COVID goes too that'll be interesting to talk about 997 or actually talk about 95, 96 and 97 with them so it'll be good but it's interesting um we are, we put a, a poll up about the worst the worst buy and ninety percent of Manly fans said Craig Field or Nate Miles. It's interesting though, eh? If you're a halfback and you're playing good football, the fans they love you. As soon as you start playing bad, they'll kick you to the gutter like Nate Morris. Yeah. Even even if your forwards aren't doing shit, it's still the halfback's fault. Yeah, so everyone says that Newcastle's only won one grand final because of the, the because of the Super League war. It doesn't they, they reckon that doesn't count. But then Broncos want to count as that's their third back to back because if you count ninety seven, ninety eight Super League, and then when they come back to ARL, but you can't win, can you? With some well, no, some rugby fans. Yeah, ninety eight was the start of the NRL revolution. Robert Murdoch's um, plan of having the Super League lasted one year. Yeah, you know. We got Mar- Hunter Mariners, Western Reds, South Queensland Crushers, Adelaide Rams, Gold Coast Chargers, all folded in one season. In that one season, and they went back to a twenty competition, back to one competition with twenty yeah. teams in '98. So Robbie Davis, Clive Churchill. Yeah, yeah, it was warranted. Could have been Darren Allen. Could have been Andrew Johns. You know, there's a lot of a lot of talent there where they could have had. So they got rid of one, two, three, four, five teams, and then they brought Melbourne Storm in. What was that? What was that all about? Well, Melbourne Storm was, um, yeah, Melbourne Storm was because they wanted to move to that way. They even they wanted to come in and sue them, but they held that for a year. Okay. Um, and then, then they were in there for two years, and they want to come. Yeah. Well, Melbourne, Melbourne took a lot of people, a lot of players from Hunter Mariners, Adelaide Rams. Western Reds. I remember Mark Geyer telling a story that he was at Western Reds with Matt Geyer and Matt Geyer got a call to go to Melbourne and they wanted, they wanted Mark as well. But Mark wanted to return to New South Wales because he had a young family. So he went back to Penrith for a few years. 
But if he'd done that swinging doors and went, to, went down there, he would have got himself a second premiership. So it was all about swinging doors. But it's all in hindsight, that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's mad, it's mad to sit back in hindsight and have a look. You know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Um, but that, mate. It's a cool podcast. You know. Might have to sit out of here more often, mate. Mate, it's, it's relaxing out here, you know, especially with the bathroom. It's just, it's just a arm length away. An arm length away. We can just pull out bees all day, you know. Actually, you know, that could be, that could be a bad thing. Huh? Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, mate, we'll finish that with that podcast. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank our sponsors, HQ Services, Aircon, and electrical and also PMS dumpers. Well, don't tell everyone we've got more than three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their, their ongoing support has been marvellous throughout this time. You'll, you'll see us put their logos on all, all, all things that we make up at the moment. They're, they're, they're still both operating too. Um, Dico and Dico, they're operating H&Q, Young Dico and Senior Dico is operating bin. So if you need bins, get over there and do it. For more information, you can listen to our podcast on the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or hit us up on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash The Final Whistle RL. On Instagram, hit us up there, The Final Whistle underscore RL, or you can always email us on thefinalwhistlerlhotmail.com for us to answer your questions. Uh, happy footing, guys. We are on the road to being back. Can't wait. We'll start ramping up our podcast a bit more regularly now. Uh, let us know what you want to want to talk about. We'll give you a live update of the battle just so, before we go. Live update. We've uh, two and a half hours ago. We have Cambridge Park out in front, three hundred twenty-seven to Frankstown Raiders, three hundred eight. All right, boys and girls and ladies and gents. Until next time. Catch ya. Catch ya. And that's the final whistle.